0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi there. My name is Jenny Rooney, Chief Experience Officer and host of Adweek's newest podcast, Marketing Vanguard. We're so excited to bring you the next evolution of CMO Moves by bringing you insightful content from our marketing community. Together, we'll dive into discussions with CMOs and other C-suite executives who are tasked daily with making decisions that in incremental or monumental ways move the needle for their brands, their companies, and the customers they serve. In each episode, we'll focus on one key idea or decision, why they made it, what it caused, whether it worked, the ripples it set forth, and how it has defined the person as a business leader. We also address missteps, poor choices, and gambles, as mistakes, of course, often yield the greatest knowledge. In addition, we'll ask each guest to share the names of people they rely on daily, as well as a recommendation for whom we should interview next. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenny Rooney. I am here with you for the Marketing Vanguard podcast. I'm so, so excited to welcome my next guest, Katie Williams, to the show. Katie, welcome.
1: Hi, so happy to be here. This is going to be an exciting conversation.
0: Oh, I I, I have no doubt. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, Katie, listen, you have been on a journey yourself. Uh, the company that you're at has been on a journey, and I'm so, so excited to kind of unpack that in this conversation with you. Um, I'd love for you to just set the stage for folks listening around Halion and, and um, what it is and sort of uh, what it is in the world to... Create.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's a it's a great first question. Um, and Halion is a new company, um, but that is um, uh, has been developed over uh, the course of several years now in um, coming out of several traditional pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. combining the um, consumer health business in those companies from Pfizer to GSK to Novartis um, having developed then and consolidated the world's largest consumer health um, business um, in five different categories and recently as of um, July of 2022 we separated from GSK Pharmaceutical um, and became Halion, which is Mm. the world's largest standalone consumer health business. Mm. And um, we are a purpose-driven business focused on delivering better everyday health with humanity, which is an exciting proposition, not only for the growth of our business, but for the impact that we can have on society in the space.
0: So I love you mentioned that because I do remember at the launch, it, um, that ethos was very uh, present, right? In in sort of all of your launch messaging and your materials and sort of how you presented it. it. I remember it was arresting at the time when I saw it because it was, it was a departure in its intentionality around what, not just what the company did, but what it existed, why it existed, right? Which I think is just so interesting. Tell me really quickly about the name. Is it a is it a yeah, contraction of of, <laughs> of words or what does it represent? <laughs> Um, As you can imagine, there was a lot of
1: time spent um, thinking about a name of a new company, particularly one of this size and and this potential impact. And we spent some time talking with employees, um, experts in our um, industry, which are healthcare experts. Um, We talked with some of our customers and really wanted to understand how we could best bring to life um, this purpose of delivering better everyday health with humanity. Um, but also um, start a, a new chapter in in this mm-hmm. consumer health business. So, Haleon actually is a combination of two root words. The first is Hale, um, which is an Old English word um, meaning good health, mm-hmm. and uh, the second half of the word Leon, um, which typically is associated with strength. So. Ugh. Yeah, so it's a great um, combination and an intentional combination, really, to think, you know, about strength and good health, um, not only in our name but what we intend to deliver, hopefully, um, for for people around the world.
0: So it is so young. Uh, you said twenty twenty two, correct? Yes, yeah, so it was July of twenty
1: twenty two, where we um, I had the opportunity to go with Brian McNamara, who is our um, company CEO. And ring the bell on, on Wall mm. Street to um, to launch the new business, which was definitely a bucket list item for me, which is fantastic. Um, sure. And we did the same in London. We're based um, and headquartered um, in the UK.
0: Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I still use uh, the pandemic as an inflection point. And um, I assume the journey was ongoing prior to the pandemic around this? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I actually, so I spent uh, well over twenty years um, in the food industry, actually. In yes, marketing. I know. Yeah. And um, in November of 2020, well, really the summer of 2020, I, I got a call um, from what at the time was GSK Consumer Health, but starting the journey to to actively separate um yep. and so it was smack dab in the middle of the peak of the pandemic the peak of the social unrest associated with black lives matter and the deaths yep. of george floyd and brianna taylor and others so it was a very volatile time for everyone um but it was also um an incredibly important time for healthcare and self-care in particular as people were Discovering their own vulnerabilities, recognizing their role in their own self-care and, and protection of themselves and the people around them, um, and really having a newfound connection with you know how they can better take care of themselves. One because they needed to in this you know um, in the pandemic um, because they were physically unable to connect you know with healthcare providers, um, but also because we recognize that um, you know people really we're getting a close understanding of how important maintaining, you know, everyday good health is when you're faced with something like this. So it was an incredible time and I uh, couldn't have picked a better time to join. I have had the opportunity to be a part of this kind of separation in the past. So I was excited to do it again, um, but even more excited to do it in this industry
0: yeah and that's what I was getting at. I mean, it's your point about consumers just it there's so much happening in the health and wellness space, arguably, there was prior to pandemic, but to your point it 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 jump started I think a lot of people's acknowledgement of of their personal health, how important it was, how they needed to have trust in you know all kinds of health brands but medical organizations, et cetera. Um, I think the data piece had been building for a while, going all the way back to Band and the way to to self assess and you know do metrics around your own personal health, but then that happened and it it just feels like it accelerated even more. And it's just fascinating to think now about how the marketing of health and wellness brands has reached just such an extraordinary uh, level of of nuance, but also importance. Um, From my vantage point, it's been interesting to see the number of CMOs, frankly, who have moved into the health and wellness marketing space. Um, You know, we at Adweek are... We're very much focused on that sector and sort of the innovation and the creativity um, and the business driving decisions that marketing leaders are making in that space. And so, you know, we're having an event around that specifically, actually, that I know you're you're going to actually be in, uh, joining us as a speaker there. So it's super exciting um, for you, I can imagine. Now, tell me a little bit about you. Let's let's now connect the dots because and then we'll get into my questions Um specific to Marketing Vanguard and sort of what uh, what this is all about, but you did come up through Kraft and Mondelez, and sort of you had that consumer-facing um, food category expertise coming in, um, and I would argue that as the health and wellness space has expanded so dramatically, we're also seeing, by the way, a lot of decidedly non-health and wellness brands become health and wellness adjacent, or at least, you know, sort of draft off of the, the learnings that I think health and wellness brands around personal health, personal wellness, personal protection, if you will, um, are, we're starting to see some of that poured over. Um, so talk a little bit about your experience previous to Halion and how you're, you've are you been bringing that forward into your role now.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And um, one of the things that was important as we were shaping kind of the leadership of Halion um, in the beginning was the recognition that we were going to be shifting from a, a, a collection of brands and a portfolio of brands that sat within a pharmaceutical company, a traditional pharmaceutical company, which comes with, you know, a different business model that, in some cases, is slower, is and and maybe sometimes a bit more restrictive, um, to a truly one hundred percent focused consumer business, mm-hmm. and not everyone um, really understood yet what that meant in terms of how do we think differently about putting consumers at the center? How do we really accelerate our agility and speed so that we can connect at the speed of, you know, culture and, um, and take advantage of now that, that newfound flexibility and freedom that we were going to have, you know, obviously our trusted science is still a critical component that we have brought from that pharma heritage we have an amazing global R&D organization that continues to lead um, you know, our brands and our industry in trusted science in this space, and that will continue to be an important part. Um, but our ability to connect um, our portfolio in different ways and connect with consumers um, because we're maybe um, a little bit, we have a little bit more degrees of freedom um, as a as a true consumer business was really important. So we brought in leaders like myself who had, you know, developed our careers in consumer um, mm-hmm. in combination with leaders that have that strong, you know, healthcare heritage. So you got yeah. the combination of the best of both worlds. I'm learning from that experience in terms of how do I really ensure that I'm maintaining the trust and the safety and the, you know, uh, of what's really important in this space when it comes to healthcare. Because it's not
0: easy. It it's is not, not easy. easy. Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's also different than I expected. You know, I grew, like I said, I was in food. Um, I assumed, I, you know, I worked with the FDA and, and the F part, not the D part, which are definitely, <laughs> there's definitely differences. Um, and I thought, you know, oh, you know, like many, I think marketers think this is going to be a really restrictive environment. And in some cases, it is, and it should be, you know, for safety reasons, um, for quality reasons, um, for consistency reasons, it is. But in many spaces, particularly as healthcare is, has gone beyond just condition management, but to holistic self care, being more proactive, um, inclusive of, um, you know, uh, dietary supplementation or inclusive of things that aren't, um, you know, specific. Um, to some of our otc drugs then you know it gives you a broader palette to work with it gives you more um, mm. freedom to to connect on the things and the needs that consumers have um, and it really operates very much like what i was used to uh, you know being in food for for so many years
0: yeah single biggest headline you want to leave people with who if, if specific to this if you know the main difference that marketing leaders need to think about uh, when they're in the health and wellness space?
1: I mean, one, it's, a, it's a high growth business, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I've always loved to be in a high growth environment. So if you're someone that is interested in that kind of complexity and, um and, uh, you know, change and, and volatility, but also excitement and, um, you know, bravery that's required to be in a high growth business. It's definitely a place to be. I think it's rooted in this amazing combination of, um, deep human understanding and trusted science. So yeah. that combination is critical to be successful. Um, so most marketers really do, um, uh, love to dive deep into insight and connect with consumers. And I think the opportunity to do that as well as bring this trusted science to life in a way that connects with consumers as well, or our expert community, that's really what, what the differentiation is.
0: So, so cool. All right. Now I want to talk a little bit more about you. Um yeah. I can see from your LinkedIn profile, you went to Purdue, you went to University of Michigan. Had um, big 10 all the way. Um, <laughs> I love that school. I've done some work with, with uh, Ross uh, Ross School at Michigan. And um, it's, you know, it's an incredible, obviously, they're both incredible schools. Um But tell me something about yourself that nobody could tell from your LinkedIn profile, something that, uh, you know, I think we live behind social profiles and maybe we share with the world the things that, uh, at least professionally on paper, make sense to share. But tell me something about you that nobody would know just by looking at that.
1: Yeah. That was a fun one. I, You know, honestly, I think, and it probably shapes a lot of who I am. I come from a family of artists and educators. Like, Mm. a lot of people in my family were either in academia or um, were artists, and whether it was in visual art. My mom um, was a a nurse at one point, but then um, also has a master's in fine arts and is a potter. Um, And I have... Family members, aunts and uncles that are educators, and so that shaped a lot of who I am. It made me, you know, I was really from from birth surrounded with creativity and curiosity and the spirit of inclusion, and and that really defines um, who I am and and how I lead for sure.
0: So that's gonna. I'm gonna jump ahead to another question I have here, which is, you know, I think it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. And I'm gonna posit this that marketers. Even as they're working through the data piece of their jobs and so many other aspects, of course, I've asked them in the past, you know, what is the one thing that you constantly need? And they need sources of inspiration, like true sources of inspiration for creativity and all the way it manifests. And I don't mean just add creative or, or copy or things like that. I mean, like, and how you manage your teams and how you think about collaboration and how you think about, um, you know, just all how you weave technology. And so I'm asking you, based on that background, very unique background, you know, where do you go to find inspiration? And maybe it is artistic uh, creativity, and maybe it's other avenues, but what are some incredible resources of inspiration for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I, I really, for me, I when I think about inspiration, particularly what's important for us um, in in a marketing world is um, inspiration that can lead you to kind of deeper insight. And to your point, whether it's insight about how I think about leading an organization or, or insight about um, our consumers so that we can connect with them better with our products and brand. Um, I am a true believer that empathy. um, I talk about this a lot. Is is this intersection between humility and curiosity? You've got to be humble enough to know. I just don't know. I don't know anything about this, right? And you've got to be open to that, Um, but then curious enough to go and find out about it. So, I. I'm super curious just about how other people live their lives or, you know, what trends um, might have happened in in different parts of the world that shaped um, um, some new way of thinking or um, a new technology space. So I do a lot of documentaries Um, I Hmm. love doing documentaries. I love that's amazing. Yeah. So um, and it can be all kinds. It can be the salacious ones that it's, you know, that are, um, you know, about whatever it might be like, you know, big pharma or this or that, Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, but I want to understand that perspective. And I want to understand, you know, maybe some angles or some perspectives that I didn't understand before. And how can I um learn from that and incorporate that in, in how I work and how I do business? I my my husband and I just spent some time um doing uh, watching a documentary all about kind of ancient civilizations mm-hmm. and questioning whether or not what we know about them is true and could there be um some other reasons for some of the things that archaeologists have found over the centuries. So all those kinds of things are really interesting to me and help me connect dots and in, in, in new and different ways.
0: I love that. I I always love studying sociology, anthropology, you know, all those things that just give you, to your point, insight into the way human beings work and think. And I love that you refer back to history because it's just such an incredible resource that sometimes I feel like let's see where we've been to understand where we are now and so um, I can see that being incredibly inspirational and so outside the lanes of what you probably deal with on a day-to-day which I think is also so important to get our minds out of like the you know the the swim lanes that I think um, for all of us we get very rooted in in a day-to-day basis um, I'm gonna ask you this question I love asking this question just Selfishly, because I played soccer growing up and I love it. But you know, you're on a soccer team, or you can pick basketball or any a sport of your choice. But um, the basic construct of a team sport, where you've got the people on the front line, the strikers who are going for goal, you've got the midline that you know the midfielders who are sort of like holding the base and sort of the connective tissue between the strikers and the defense, and then you've got the defensive line that's back there working so hard to protect against offensive um, scoring. So, where do you? fit on that field?
1: Well, the good news is, is I am a deep in soccer mom territory right now. I have awesome. 13, two boys, 13 and nine. They both love soccer. So mm-hmm. I I definitely know the position. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was, I was trying to think through that and I could definitely see myself in a lot of those roles. But I think the best answer for me would be center attacking mid. Mm-hmm. And so the cam, as my son likes to call it. And- <laughs> Um, and the reason for that is it's it's a it's upfront it's definitely an offensive role but it also plays to the middle as well um and it requires that agility and ball movement you know it really you gotta find your space and and you know outsmart your competition to, to keep you know the ball moving um, and progressing towards the goal um and it really it, it kind of has the best of both worlds you're able to you know, get the ball and position the ball for some of your teammates to be able to score well, but you also have the opportunity to take those shots, um, when, when the opportunity arises, but you Mm -hmm. always have your, your eye on the competition and I'm pretty competitive. So the ability to, you know, kind of mix it up and interact in that space is really important to me.
0: Yeah. Um, what scares you as a business leader? Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, honestly, um, I love being scared as a business leader. Um, so a lot of things scare me, but partly because I think I'm one of those people that like run to it. You know, but one of the things for me that I found out early on in my career is the excitement of like leaning into those times when you think, oh no, this is gonna, like maybe I can't do this or maybe this mm-hmm. is gonna be too hard. And I had, um I had a boss early on that, you know, came to me with an opportunity and I was a little bit nervous about it. I didn't know why I was being asked to do it. It was different than maybe what most people did that early in their career. Um, it was going to take me out of, you know, the day-to-day um, and, you know, I thought, well, what would that mean in terms of my ability to advance and, and you know, um, and benchmark myself versus my peers and, and I remember this boss was like, "Listen, you know, you're th- these traditional roles are always going to be here. Um, they mm-hmm. might change over time, but they will be here. Some of these brands that you're working on are over 100 years old, but some of these opportunities may not be, you know. Mm. And the the learning and the stretch and the perspective that you get from this opportunity." Um, is going to far outweigh anything that you can do in the short term on some of these more traditional roles. And I took that advice and I ran with it. I leaned into my discomfort and um, I, like I never that. looked back. And so I always I've got a pretty diverse set of experiences over the years. People make fun of me because anytime there's something, I was like, oh yeah, I did that one. So I did that one. And it's partly because I do like being af- afraid. I think probably right now with Halion in terms of, you know, being part of this new business and recognizing that we're in a high growth industry with lots of change. And we also have, you know, embarked on a pretty big um, change ourselves in terms of launching a new company and and establishing ourselves as leaders within this industry. um, I worry probably most about my teams, you know, and ensuring that their resiliency is um, is there, that they feel supported to continue to, you know, um, lead and manage through all of this change, um, and that they feel safe to have, you know, to manage their energy so that they can continue to be at their best. So that's probably the thing I, I worry about the most nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always love to kind of lean into it and find the solves.
0: Love that. Um, one of the things CMOs tell me or I have been told is I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing about all the great things that CMOs do or that mm-hmm. marketers do, all the successes. They're like, I want to hear about failures. I want to hear about missteps. I want to hear about mistakes because we're all making them. Yeah. And that's what we learn from. Are there any things that you want to share um, as far as, you know, missteps, mistakes, or even decisions not made that caused you to learn something from that in a yeah. really powerful way?
1: Yeah, you know, I I absolutely have made mistakes along the way and and luckily have learned from them. I think um, one that came to mind was um, when I was working in my food days and I was working in a category that um, was on, you know, a multi-year decline. And um, when I got on the business, I was new to the business. I remember a conversation I had with the outgoing leader and they you know, had made some really big decisions to kind of, it was almost like a make or break. This is our last shot to try to, you know, breathe growth back into this category with one particular brand. And they had made some big decisions on, you know, packaging and shelving um, changes. They made some big decisions on product and and, and change the base product. We, we, We had like a invested in a partnership with um, a network to co-create um, a prime time um, uh, event that was dedicated to, to this brand, which was something new at the time in this space. Um, and and now I look back at it, I feel like it was like our jump the shark moment, if you're old enough to know that reference. but I do, I do. Uh, I am. <laughs> um, we actually... Um, worked with a, a really talented athlete who, um, it, you know, uh, is a skydiver and, um, worked for months of, of training, um, both physical and, um, mental health training to, um, jump out of a plane from 30,000 feet without a, without a um, parachute. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, created a, 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 a full content um, around that experience and connected it to the brand and, um, so we were, we were throwing everything at it. And I remember the conversation was like, this is either going to work or it's not.
0: <laughs> you're you're and, half right.
1: <laughs> like, this is it. Like, this is all we have. And there were moments, you know, and I, because I had just got on the business, I didn't, I didn't feel completely comfortable and safe to say, you know what? are we doing the right thing here? You know, is, is this really where we should, would focus? You know, we, Did your gut
0: at, tell you otherwise? Was it intuition my gut that was definitely
1: funny? was telling me otherwise? Um, but I didn't feel comfortable enough to, um, to make that call early. Cause I yeah. was like, well, I'm going to, you know, and, and to, um, and to lean in on the experience that I had, um, or to, um, really, um, work to, um, you know, maybe, you know, pivot an entire organization that was kind of down a path. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it didn't work. (laughs) And, um, and to this day, I actually don't even think that brand is in existence anymore. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm not naming it. I don't want
0: to put
1: anybody on blast. Um, and we probably admired the issue way too long, instead of Mm -hmm. just really addressing it. Um, And I learned from that. I learned, you know, there are times where I love the bravery and I love the times where we really try to push hard um, to make a big change. Um, But sometimes you do have to acknowledge it might be too little too late or there may be, you may be better focused, you know, putting your energy um, somewhere else and your resources somewhere else. And and don't spend, don't be afraid to make um, a brave pivot you know, yeah. at yeah. the right time. Cause, because sometimes that's, that is the best thing to do.
0: I think, I mean, that's such extraordinary advice. Um, and something I know that so many people can relate to, cause it just, it probably feels insurmountable. You know, there might be a point at which you feel like, well, we're, we're, just, to your point, we're too far down the line. You know what I mean? Or yeah. the upheaval that this is going to cause, is it worth, you know, is it worth the, the, the potential of a better outcome? But, you know, If your gut and your intuition is telling you that hard, it's worth whatever challenge, additional challenge, I would imagine the pivot could create, is is what the takeaway is there, which is amazing. Um, Who are your best collaborators? The one, you know, as a business leader in your organization, who do you feel like you need to be working with most closely?
1: Yeah, you know, that's changed so much. Well, one, it changes every day. Um, I think every person that's leading an organization these days, particularly in a large industry or a large business, they their, their remit is so much broader than it had been in the past. And the complexity mm-hmm. to deliver growth and to drive the business is, is so much more than it used to be. Um, I would say now I can't live without tech. <laughs> Yeah, You know, like if I think about how the world has changed in marketing and how we build brands, it's not just about communicating, but it's about connecting in different ways. And tech is as an enabler, either to help us better, you know, access data and information or to help us create more seamless and frictionless connections. So I spend more time with tech today and thinking not only about our products, but, you know how can we, particularly in healthcare, you talked a little bit about what we call that quantified human. You know, particularly in a space where technology and healthcare has has become so, so intertwined. Yeah. Um, how can we in consumer health really lean into that and recognize that we know not even um, we don't need to just develop brilliant products with trusted science, but are there services and technologies that can support the behaviors needed um, to you know? to have those, those products work, you know, optimally or give consumers the information they need to make great choices. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of th- more time with tech. I definitely though also spent equal amounts of time with our insights team because it's not, you know, and, and in different ways, you know, it, it, our insights team um, is now helping us bridge the gap between all of the data that we have and 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 the empathy we need to make really great um, you know decisions and insights from that. And so I spend a lot of time with those folks. Supply chain is a big one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, every trend day, here. You know, <laughs> as, as things get more complex, the channels are broader. You know, we're not just, just selling on shelves, but we're selling in, you know, digital shelves and physical shelves and, um, and in social spaces and in all the things in between. Um, so, we're, you know, we're spending a lot of time with supply chain to connect those dots to, to help us be more agile and flexible so we can get our products where consumers um, really are, are spending their time and, and wanting to connect with them.
0: We will be right back with more Marketing Vanguard after this quick break. Okay. We're back. Um, so talk to me, Katie, a little bit about, we were just talking about who your best collaborators are internally. Let's talk for a minute about your external cl- collaborators, you know, agencies. What do you need from your agencies these days? What are you looking for in your, in, you know, your, your external tech partners? You know, what is the single biggest thing that you rely on external partners for?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And we do. We have um, some amazing um, agency partners across, you know, paid owned and earned. We we really work with a lot of a, a great agencies to help us, you know, make those connections. I think agencies are also realizing that they have to have a broader set of skills. You know, they definitely have to have that creativity and the, the strategy um, that we've known um, to date is important to, to building our brands and connecting them with consumers. But they also, in their own right, have to understand technology and data in, in ways that they maybe didn't before. So
0: and bu- business performance. I mean, the connecting the dots, right? I mean, it just absolutely.
1: Has to be there. Yeah. Um, so because you have access to so much information in real time, your ability to be able to access that um, and then interpret and act on it quickly. Um, with your agency partners is incredibly important, whether it's pivoting on your audience, um, you know, targeting or your media choices or your creative. um, We have the ability to do that now in real time. And we need agency partners that are as agile as we would like to be. And our consumers, you know, are, um, you know, demanding us to be so we can serve up the things um, that are most relevant to them you know, at the right moment. So agencies are really asked to do a lot more than they had in the past. What I also still love getting from them though, is I, you know, we can't always um, in our four walls spend a lot of time staying connected to what's next or, or what might be most culturally relevant or what's changing. And so going to our agency partners um, as sources of that, you know, external, um intelligence you
0: know, really
1: yeah, yeah and um and really staying connected to that in a way and finding inspiration in that in a way that we may not be able to do in our walls every day is incredibly valuable and important for us and our agency partners
0: yep um, so a vanguard uh, directly defined means a group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas What is an example of something you've done, a key development or a key idea or a key decision that you have made that has led the way for either your company or the industry or both?
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think right now, Halion is a company full of vanguards, right? So we are leading the way and and hoping to continue to lead the way in self-care and changing what that really means by making it Inclusive and achievable and sustainable. Not just thinking about how we can grow our brands, but how we truly can have an impact on society. And we we measure that. Our you know our KPIs um, for our business are first and foremost um, you know growth, both in our top line and, and our share relative to our competition. But we are also you know actively measuring our social impact. Are we bringing more people around the world closer? To everyday health? Um, are we helping to improve their understanding and knowledge of, of, of self-care so that they can be better advocates for themselves? Are we helping to reduce some of the biases that exist in healthcare that are, you know, creating barriers for everyone to get um, to better everyday health? Um, mm-hmm. And are we thinking about the health of our planet as well as, you know, the health of the people on it? So that we can ensure that people can maintain, you know good health um, for years to come. So I really believe that the choice we as a company made to connect that growth agenda with that social impact agenda and not only think about that in terms of what we say, but what we do and how we grow our brands is definitely an example n- not only of Vanguard leaders but a vanguard company in this space. So I'm for excited sure. to be a part of it for sure.
0: For sure. What's the key role marketing needs to play? in
1: that in that goal yeah I mean it's a it's such a great time um, we are explicit about ourselves as a growth company and our growth comes through our powerful portfolio of brands um, and the continued investment in that. Um, they, and
0: they include, give some examples of the portfolio. Oh
1: man, For we it. have. So I I'd I love, as I say this list of names, everybody can mentally raise their hand if they have it in their, in their mm-hmm. medicine cabinets. But we have five categories. Um, pain is um, one of our categories. So our biggest brand there is Advil and we have um, Excedrin and Voltaren. Digestive mm-hmm. Health with amazing brands like Tums and Nexium. Um and I'm um, raising
0: my hand for all by the I way. So.
1: <laughs> and um in oral health we um compete in the highest growth category within oral health, which is therapeutic oral health and have brands like Sensodyne and Pronamel, PeriDontex, um and which uh, are amazing brands and, and some of the fastest growing in the category. We compete in um Vitamins, uh, minerals, and supplements, both in um, multivitamins, like brands like Centrum, and immunity, with brands like Emergency, which I um, can't tell you how many people relied on that um, and are continuing to rely on that as they're navigating the new healthcare environment. Um, and uh, we also compete in upper respiratory. So, um, obviously, very important right now with brands like Robitussin, TheraFlu. Um, mm-hmm. And in allergy flonase, so we just have some of the best brands um, in the world, and also compete across a broad range of categories, which allows us to think really holistically about um, self care in a way that no other company is able to do.
0: And I'll talk. We'll circle back in a minute about you know marketing's role, but real quick. I mean, listen, it is an incredibly crowded category. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but J and J, P and G. Unilever. I mean, there's there are big stalwarts out there that are um, you know have comparable products or have competitive products, and it's it's sort of it is such a vie for that trust piece that we referred to before. How do you think about approaching competition and finding your space in the market in a way that's meaningful?
1: Yeah, you know, it is, a, it's, um, it is a, a big space and there is definitely lots of attention to the growth um, that's happening in this space. I think our competitive advantage absolutely is our heritage and trusted science that we bring from, from our pharma heritage, which none of those competitors that, that you mentioned um, have that deep, you know, trusted science and capabilities as we do from that heritage of pharma. Um, It's combined with that focus on deep human understanding and really investing in um, deeper and greater insights um, uh, across our categories. And then you then you think about the diversity and the breadth of our portfolio, which we are uniquely set up to win Um, as consumers have moved on from just simply thinking about managing individual conditions but truly thinking holistically about how do I get to, you know, an optimized yeah. self, whether it's the self I need to be today. Um, so I can be better and be at my best today or the self I'm thinking about maintaining or building for the future.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we, because we have such a broad portfolio and we're focused on, you know, the human, um, uh, the humanity of that, I think gives us a competitive advantage that that those other competitors don't have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to the power of marketing, both for your organization, but just in general, I'd love your your thoughts on both because, you know, listen, I don't know, marketing just continues to be, people love to poke uh, holes in the necessity of marketing or the, you know, even the narrative around the CMO role is, you know, continually um, debated. And I just would love your personal opinion on the power necessity uh, and future of marketing moving forward. Yeah, And then also the power necessity and future of the CMO role moving forward.
1: Yeah. You know, this is a time where, um, you know, consumers have more choice than ever before, um, whether it's because they have access across, you know, so many channels or um, the barriers to entry are lowered and you have large players, small players, upstarts, um, and consumers have more access and choice than ever before. So the importance of connecting beyond just a product experience, but a truly connected um, experience, whether it's um, providing service or connecting on values, um, is, is more important than ever before. You know, um, yep. people want to make sure that the brands they're um, buying will deliver and are can be trusted, but they also, you know, want to, to have a shared belief system, <laughs> Um, as the companies and brands that they're buying. So, and that's where marketing comes in. You know, marketing is that intersection between uh, empathy and action and really helping to put that empathy into action, understanding what consumers' needs are both on a physical basis and an emotional basis and finding that connective tissue to to, to bring that to life, both for the short and the long-term. Yeah. And so, in a in an environment where competition is more fierce, more broad, um, and have, and consumers have more access than ever before, that power of marketing and building brands couldn't be more important, for sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: By the way, Is Halion would you consider it a consumer facing, or is it B two B, or is it B two B to C? Like, how much are you trying to you know get consumers to understand, love, and you know have shared beliefs with Halion as opposed to the individual brands?
1: Um, we're on, so what I would say is right now, Halion is definitely, um, a, an industry facing, but it is important for us to have that, that trust and, and that trust mm-hmm. and understanding of Halion and, and the role that it plays to deliver trust through our products. So we definitely have Halion, um, and will have, um, more opportunities to connect both with consumers and industry and other stakeholders on the brand. Directly
0: um, through that brand. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as we're coming to the end of our conversation, um, the next question I want to ask you about is really who's next? Um, one of the spirit of Marketing Vanguard, among other things, is is to pay it forward and to really start to bring new faces, new perspectives, um, and new marketing leaders um, to our community and sort of share them more widely. Um, who would be the next industry leader that you would recommend we interview for Marketing Vanguard?
1: Yeah. You know, I, uh, a good friend of mine recently took on the role as global CMO for Jordan Brand. So, um, and her name is Shannon Watkins. And um, she, one, one is just fantastic, a great strategic thinker, um, but also has, you know, uh, had a lot of different experiences in different industries. Um, and she's going into a world that, you know, historically has been fairly dominated, you know, by men. It's, and um, mm-hmm. she's leading um, one of the most iconic sports brands in the, in the world um, and bringing a new and fresh, inclusive perspective to that. So I think she would be somebody, it's one, it's an amazing um, brand, but two, I think she's, uh, I think she's got some really great ideas on how she's going to build it, you know, in years to come. So she'd be a great person to talk to.
0: I love that. We will reach out to Shannon. Shannon, if you're listening, get ready for for an email or a phone call. Um, Katie, thank you so much. This has really been lovely, and and it's just been great to connect with you and and hear from you firsthand. Um, So many things, and and I think there's just so many pearls of wisdom and experience um, and inspiration, by the way, that you've um, certainly left me with and I'm sure left the listeners with as well. So thank you so much. It was my
1: pleasure, and thanks so much for spending time with me.
0: Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company?